You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drugmeyer. We are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host for the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. Appreciate you guys checking out the show today, especially anyone who is checking out the show for the first time. Really appreciate it, and our loyal fans coming back again, but... First, I just want to apologize for not having a show out yesterday. It was not something that was planned, but my laptop broke, (laughs) so it made it pretty hard to do that, but now I have my new laptop. We're ready to go, and we shouldn't expect any other missed shows anytime soon. So on today's show, I'm excited. It's a Friday show, and we have a fun Friday show, including a special guest, because at the end of the show, we're going to be joined by Locked On Big Ten host Ben Stevens, who gives some great insights specifically on Brendan Hymas. And also Rashawn Slater, because these are both guys that he watched in his time covering the Big Ten. So he gives some really insightful knowledge on a couple of new Chargers that played in the Big Ten and how the Big Ten just keeps churning out offensive linemen left and right. But other than that, though, we have a couple other fun things to talk about because the Chargers will be expecting four compensatory picks next year on top of, you know, their normal seven draft picks they would normally get, which is kind of crazy according to over the cap. And then we're also going to get into Chargers changing numbers. We have one Charger in Kenneth Murray who is going back to the number nine, which is something that we absolutely thought. I mean, K-9, no brainer there. But we also got the numbers for all of the rookies as well. So there's some really fun numbers in there. Asante Samuel Jr. is going to take after Casey Hayward and slide into that number 26 jersey. A lot of cool stuff there. So we'll get into that. And then in the middle segment today, we're going to be getting into the practice squad players. We'll go over everyone that the Chargers brought in. We're just going to do a quick overview of that before later on, you know, during the offseason, we'll do spotlights on the rest of these guys and get in-depth on these 10 undrafted free agents that the Chargers brought in because the Chargers historically will probably keep one. So let's go ahead and get into it. One of the cool things that we found out on Thursday was that the Chargers have announced their rookie numbers, and there were a lot of really interesting ones because there's not a lot of them that are using the same numbers as they did in college. I mean, for example, you know, Brandon Hymas is going from 76 to 64. Larry Roundtree is going from 34 now to 35 in the pros. Rashawn Slater's keeping number 70. Trey McKitty is going from 87 and 6 at Florida State to 88. Chris Rump II is going from 96 to 94 in the pros. But those aren't the really interesting ones. I mean, those are ones that we kind of expected Sante Samuel Jr. takes over Casey Hayward's number 26, which is what he was at Florida State. But David, this is the first time we've really got to see players that are in non-traditional numbers. So Josh Palmer, the wide receiver with the 77th overall pick in the third round is sticking with his Tennessee number, which is five. So we're going to have a number five wide receiver running around out there. That's pretty crazy to think about. That's going to look super trippy. And then we also have Nick Neiman, whose new number is 31, which has changed from what he was in college from 49. Obviously, Drew Tranquil has that number, so he's going to 31. But before, 
you couldn't be 31 as a linebacker. So it is really interesting to see these guys who kind of get it lucky, David, because they don't have to go pay for the stock of the remaining jerseys or anything like that, right? They just get to come in and pick, you know, unique numbers that people of that position for the Chargers have never worn. Yeah, exactly. And of course, this is going to greatly piss off Tom Brady because he definitely doesn't want to worry about trying to figure out what position you play based off of what number you have. But guess what, Tom? I'm sure you can uh, get over it with your seven or eight rings or however many championships you have nowadays. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting having Nick Neiman, a linebacker, being number 31, which, you know, typically that's a, a defensive back number. So, I mean, seeing a linebacker fly around on special teams with that with that number is going to be interesting. And then having a number five as a wide receiver, I mean, it's just going to be a different optic. You know, we've, we see the double-digit numbers, obviously, with Keenan Allen and other wide receivers. But, I mean, we don't really see a lot of the wide receivers with the single-digit numbers. And it's got to be cool for Josh Palmer to, can, you know, carry that legacy over from college into the pros with his number five yeah and we actually saw a you know actual charger right a returning charger change their number two because we know that there's a few guys that would make sense for like derwin james potentially going back to number three mike williams going back to number seven but kenneth murray k9 is going back to his college number of nine makes a lot of sense that's going to be another weird one watching a linebacker fly around wearing the number nine i mean yeah tom brady's going to be like Number nine's the mic. Number nine's the mic. I mean, that just sounds really weird. So I'm excited to see that, especially with Kenneth Murray. It's definitely more fitting. But, you know, it was nice to see a Charger running around wearing number 56 because that's a classic number for Chargers linebackers like, you know, Sean Merriman. But that was really interesting. I'm glad we get to know all the rookie numbers now. But the other thing that we found out on Thursday was that the Chargers should be getting some more compensatory picks. Obviously, this year, they had the extra third round pick because they lost Philip Rivers. But Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue has come out with an article where he looked up on over the cap who are projecting that the Chargers are going to have four extra additional compensatory picks in 2022 because of the guys that they have let go in free agency that signed elsewhere. Basically, what Peterson says is the big deals from guys like Rashawn Jenkins and Hunter Henry getting nicks because of the Chargers bringing in Matt Filer. And also Corey Lindsley signing him to that big deal. But some of the other guys that they weren't able to retain will now be bringing them back some compensatory picks. So this is what they project for the Chargers. They get a six-round pick for Tyrod Taylor, another six-round pick for Dan Feeney and Sam Tevy, and a seventh-round pick for Denzel Perryman. So as it stands now, David, I mean, the Chargers are looking at 11 picks in the 2022 draft. Yes, they're later picks, but... Like Tom Telesco said, I mean, the more at-bats you get, the more chances you have to get a hit. This also gives you some flexibility to move up in trades and things like that because you are going to have potentially four sixth-round picks in the 2022 draft. And these aren't, you know, set in stone at this point, but if they are going to get compensatory picks, it is going to be later ones like this because you don't have a Phillip Rivers going and signing, you know, a $25 million deal somewhere else. Yeah, no, but I mean, to see them get this many compensatory picks, I mean, for, you know, some of these players like Dan Feeney and Sam Tevy, I mean, those are, you know, mid to later round guys. And, you know, Denzel Perriman, even a seventh round pick for him, he's been in the league for a while. Or so Tyrod Taylor, a lot of draft just a backup, you know. 
yeah, exactly. I mean, who was on a you know a pretty generous deal for a backup quarterback. I mean, compared to the other backup QBs that were in the league. But I mean, to have this much draft capital, I mean, it's, it's got to be exciting for Brandon Staley to have all these draft picks because I mean, it gives him flexibility if he wants to stick and pick and you know just add more depth to his, to this team. Um, it's still young. I mean, it's still um, there's still opportunities to add depth in places or you know more capital for Tom Telesco to make some moves. I mean, to upgrade this roster via trade you never know but to have more picks is just more flexibility and that's good for every nfl franchise yeah absolutely and i mean we'll see how some of these you know later picks this year end up developing in year one and maybe we feel a little bit differently about how you know we think of these later round picks i mean they've gotten some guys before to contribute they've also had to cut some guys which isn't irregular for nfl teams especially you know in the sixth round or after, you know, that, I mean, those guys on most teams aren't locks to make the roster, but the Chargers are looking good going into the 2022 draft, especially since they stayed put in this year's draft. They waited, they got the guys they wanted, and they didn't mortgage the future. Now, Brandon Staley going into year two, you know, as he starts to take control of the Chargers, is going to have a plethora of picks to try to really ingratiate his type of guys into this team which that's really what you want you know you get a new head coach you kind of have to let his vision play out and I think now we have more of a chance of seeing that with potentially 11 draft picks in 2022 but we do have two more segments to get into because we are going to be getting into some undrafted free agents that the Chargers brought in including a kicker a safety that seems like he could potentially make the team at this point because of the shallow depth at the position and also, you know, an interior defensive lineman amongst others. So we're going to get into all of those players in a quick overview of the undrafted free agents coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball is in full swing and you guys can track all of the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC slash MMA action. Right now, I've been looking at NFL future bets, and one I've talked about before is Asante Samuel Jr., who we think could be the starter right off the bat, is a 40-1 to underdog to win the Defensive Rookie of the Year award. Not saying that he's going to do it, but hey, the guy gets seven, eight picks this year out of nowhere. It's a pretty big cash out on that one, so... Look into those NFL future bets because there's a lot of fun ones to get into there. And we can even save you guys some money because if you guys head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. It's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word, at betonline.eg, your online sportsbook experts. I also need to tell Chargers fans that Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increased energy and lean muscle mass. Nugenics Total Tea is a great way to increase the lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance, and like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics, plus text now and they'll include a free bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. 
Text draft to 231-231. That's draft to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. All right, guys. Well, one of the coolest things about being a Chargers fan is every single season for the most part. I mean, it didn't happen out of camp last year, but the Chargers always end up keeping an undrafted free agent. So last year, one of the guys that had the biggest roles was probably Gabe Neighbors, right? Who didn't make it out of camp, but stuck around and ended up getting a roster spot and played fullback mostly for the Chargers in 2020. But now we have a new batch of undrafted free agents. So for the Chargers undrafted free agents in 2021, they look like this. They did bring in some offensive line help. They didn't bring any guys that are listed as guards, but they got two tackles in Darius Harper and also a guy from San Diego State, Kyle Spaulding. They also brought in some special teams players, maybe some Michael Badgley competition with kicker Alex Kessman from Pittsburgh and also long snapper Ryan Langan from Georgia Southern. Cole Mazza, watch out. They did bring in a couple of defensive linemen after not addressing that in the draft. They got Forrest Merrill from Arkansas State, and they also brought in Jared Goldwire from Louisville. To wrap up the undrafted free agents, they did bring in a safety in Ben DeLuca from Charlotte. They also brought in wide receiver Elijah Stove from Auburn. And the only other one I haven't said at this point is because it's the longest name, and that is linebacker Amen Ogbong Bamiga from Oklahoma State. So, David, this is the newest class of undrafted free agents, and that's kind of the fun thing because if you're a Charger fan, you can kind of look at these guys and you'll find guys you potentially like and feel like one of them could actually make the squad. Yeah, because the Chargers have a long-storied history of finding guys in the undrafted free agency realms and developing them and them having extremely successful careers in the NFL. I mean... It, the list goes on and on. Antonio Gates, Austin Eckler. I mean, we I could we could be here all day talking about all the undrafted free agents that have made their home with the Chargers. So yes, we very well could be looking at guys that could show up in lightning bolts and guys who could have some long story careers like they did. Hopefully, right. Um, looking at these guys, I think, you know, you look at the positions that they really didn't address in the draft. So that's why I'm looking directly at the defensive linemen. I'm looking at Jared Goldwire from Louisville, and I'm looking at Forrest Merrill from Arkansas State. Those are two guys right off the bat that I think could potentially work their way. I mean, obviously, we have to wait and see how they perform in training camp. But, I mean, just based off of what the Chargers did with their draft picks this year, I think that you look at those two guys and, of course, Ben DeLuca because of the deficiency at safety uh, on this team. And you say, these are the guys out of this bunch, I think, that have the biggest opportunities to make a squad. Yeah, I mean, at least those are the positions we feel the Chargers are thinnest at. And for the interior of the defensive line, I mean, Brandon Staley talked about it, and he also said that he is counting on guys like Cortez Broughton, you know, Joe Gaziano, some of those backup guys we haven't seen very much of have big leaps going into the season, and they're the obvious favorites going into it because you have, you know, three deep at the top with Linval Joseph, Jerry Tillery, and Justin Jones. And say what you want about those guys. I mean, they're going to be the guys that get the first cracks at it. I mean, with what Brandon Staley has done in the past, maybe if those guys don't perform, you know, their jobs could be in jeopardy because he's playing the best guys for the most part. But they have five guys there, so it's still going to be an uphill battle. But these are also guys that... Brandon Staley is not affiliated with, right? Brandon Staley didn't have any hand in bringing any of those guys on the team. So there really isn't point. that connection there for him to want to keep some of these guys where, you know, potentially 
the old coaching staff had their favorites and thought they saw something in someone. So they're like, hey, let's keep him around. Let's see what we can do with Clean it. Slate. Yeah, exactly. So I think everyone should be going into this training camp very hungry because this is the first time this new coaching staff gets to see you and they might not care about what you did in the past. But Ben DeLuca for sure, especially with only three safeties on the roster right now. I know it's all about DBs and things like that, but if Mark Webb is really, you know, in more of a slot corner, you're really, really thin. And both, you know, Mark Webb, if he was to play safety, would play strong safety. You also have a low-key Gilman, who's your only backup safety at strong safety. And both of those guys, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's somewhat of a backup for Derwin James, but you don't feel great about either of those guys getting on the field. And then at the other safety position, Nazir Adderley, Who's Nazir Adderley's backup at this point, right? I mean, it's really hard to tell who that would be just because I don't think that man's on the roster currently. So Ben DeLuke is a pretty average athlete. We'll see, you know, if his skills can translate as just a high IQ guy that likes to tackle and do things like that. But the other interesting one, obviously, David, is special teams because the Chargers did bring in Tristan Viscaino to compete with Michael Badgley as far as being the place kicker for the Chargers. But... Here they bring in kicker Alex Kessman, who, if they really are having an open competition at the kicker position, this is a guy, you know, that could easily kind of nudge his way in there if he has an impressive camp. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name, but I believe it's Aaron Usery, who uh, on Twitter gave us the stat that he set the NCAA record for the highest percentage of kicks made beyond 50 yards. And we all know that Michael Badgley's inability to make kicks beyond 50 yards is pretty well documented up to this point. And after the year he had last year with the, the you know the 11 missed kicks with the field goals and the extra points, the Chargers have to bring in competition. They have to bring in several guys, and they did that with Tristan Viscaino and this guy Alex Kessman. Maybe they can find their way onto a roster. I mean, this is one of the most difficult positions to lock down in the NFL. There's only one of them out there for each team. So if you don't perform well, I mean, it's going to be guys that are going to be in there that try to take your spot. So these are two other guys on the roster that are going to be battling out with Michael Badgley, and he better be on his P's and Q's in training camp, or he might be without a job. And that's the thing. I mean, when Michael Badgley had his best season, it was his first year, and that's a long time ago in the NFL, right? So these coaches don't remember that, <laughs> you know, and they don't really care about it for the most part. But yeah, I mean, Michael Badgley, I believe, is 33% in his career on kicks over 50, even though he has the longest field goal in Chargers history. I mean, that was pretty fluky considering what the rest of his career has been to this point. But the other thing about Alex Kessman is he only kicked a career 71.8% of his kicks accurately enough to go in. So this guy did go 11 out of 17 in his career on 50-plus yard field goals. So that's definitely better than what we've seen from Badgley, but by no means is he a sure thing to win this job, just more competition in a special teams unit. That has to be better in 2021. But yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this undrafted free agency class. This is the first one that we've got to see with this new coaching staff. And when you're talking about developing guys, I mean, there's not much better that you can do than to find guys in undrafted free agency, find guys that are super cheap, and turn them into contributors. So we'll see how it goes. But we do have one more segment to get into because we do have the Locked On Big Ten host, Ben Stevens, joining the show to talk about Rashawn Slater and Brendan Hymas. So you're not going to want to miss that. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the most delicious protein bar on the planet. And I'm talking about Built Bar. Built Bar is my go-to protein bar, mostly because it tastes great. And I know it is also 
very good for you. Low sugar, low carb, high fiber, high protein in them. But for me, I mean, if they didn't have the flavors that they did, I wouldn't eat them. There's so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. So many good ones to choose from. And they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. I have Built Bars pretty much every day at some point, whether it's an afternoon snack or just something on my way out to work that I can just bring with me and eat really quick before I get there. But I love them. They're also super filling. And we can even save you guys some money on them because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Any questions you have about any of the three selections the Chargers made from the Big Ten Conference, fire away. I'm an open book. I'll give you all the insight that I can possibly add for these Big Ten picks. Well, I am going to have, you know, Locked On Hawkeyes host Andrew Wade on with us next week. So the ones I want to focus on are the offensive line. And I know Big Ten has been known for, you know, producing some guys into the NFL, some really good quality players there. But we already talked about, you know, the Chargers really struck gold with Rashawn Slater. I mean, there's no one else they could have asked for to be at that pick. Panay Sewell was not going to be there no matter what. I mean, there's just no conceivable reality where that was going to happen. But what that means is you end up getting, you know, a guy who's absolutely great. And I think the most impressive thing and the thing people talk about the most is obviously the matchups against, you know, Chase Young having that on tape. I was hoping that there was a Nick Bosa crossover but Bosa had already uh, opted out of the season by that point he got injured had to miss the rest of the season in 2018 but besides just the Chase Young matchups what impressed you most getting to watch Rashawn Slater in the Big Ten I think you mentioned it when we were speaking as well so technically sound and his footwork inside he really is not going to make many mistakes along that offensive line played a lot of left tackle during his time in Northwestern, also switched over to the right side as well. I think the versatility he provides, maybe he's going to be that blindside blocker for the Chargers, but I think having an understanding of what it takes to play along all really five positions of that O-line, he adds those smarts, he adds the technique, and I think you have seen probably some of the videos. He is quite athletic as well. I think he ran a 4.840, can front squat like 4.95. He's a guy that I think adds a lot to that Chargers offensive line, and I love the pick because, like you mentioned, Getting him at number 13, the value there. I thought he was going top 10. I thought he was going eight to Carolina. So for them to stay put at 13 and to get their guy to protect the first round pick from last year in Justin Herbert, I think it was a slam dunk. I don't think you can find much better value at number 13 for what you need. So I think what Rashawn Slater presents coming from Northwestern is just a guy that understands how to play any position along the line and is so technically sound. He's not going to make mistakes and he has the athletic traits, I think, to build off of that and develop and grow even more in the NFL. So I think for you, as much as you can get at pick number 13, that was an incredible, incredible draft selection by the Chargers. Yeah, I thought so as well. And I mean, I've heard some people say, you know, there might not be someone else in this draft that could legitimately play all five positions if they were asked to do it and, you know, and do it at a high level. But I think his, you know, kind of compact frame and all those things kind of lend itself to pretty much playing any position on the offensive line. But Obviously, I think there are some concerns just because we haven't seen the guy play in a year, right? And we've seen videos of him working out with Duke Manyweather and just, you know, 200 plus workouts in 230 days. The guy has stayed very active. He stayed working at his craft. So even with having to opt out of the 2020 season, do you think there's any reason that Chargers fans should be concerned with the fact that most likely he will be the starting left tackle for them in 2021? 
Yeah, I don't think there's really too much to be concerned about. I blame anybody that opted out, especially the Big Ten Conference in this 2020 season, on the Big Ten Conference itself and the league office going back and forth and back and forth on what the plan was moving forward. So I think Rashawn Slater understood that in this weird compacted season, and he had such high draft hopes that it was best to focus on his individual game. And like you mentioned, he was diligent. He just didn't take the time and sat around. He was working the entire time. And a lot of players that opted out across college football said, you know, I'm going to do this to focus on my NFL draft stock. But Rashawn certainly did and really treated it as his own training regimen, his own season. He might have worked more than he would have had he played in that Big Ten football season with some of the stops and starts that all the teams suffered. So I think there's really nothing to worry about in terms of rust. I think Rashawn also, like we talked about, is so athletic that he will pick up and be just fine. And I think he's probably eager and hungry to get back to a more formatted regular schedule around football. So I think he'll come in day one, rookie mini camps, OTAs, all that good stuff, and be ready to go for the Chargers. I expect him like you, Daniel, to be that day one starter at left tackle and don't really expect too much of that inexperience that he didn't get in 2020 to really show itself in the NFL. I think he'll be ready to go. Well, and the funny thing is, too, is like one of the first things he said at the draft was like, I'm ready to hit somebody, right? I mean, it must be hard for somebody with his play style to sit out and not have that full contact time to get out there. And I think the other thing, too, is just part of the reason he went to Northwestern was the academic side. Like you're getting a scholar, too, right? I mean, you're getting a guy that should be able to pick up the playbook, be able to do all of those things pretty easily. But I do want to get to the other Big Ten offensive lineman the Chargers selected, and that's Brendan Hymas, a guy who started 40 consecutive games at Nebraska. He seems like a very solid player, especially in pass protection. I thought he was super solid, and he obviously comes with not only versatility but great durability. So he's a guy that I think was good value for the Chargers in the fifth round was any part of you surprised, you know, having watched him in the Big Ten and obviously covered him in Omaha that he fell all the way to the fifth round? No, I thought he was a day three selection. I actually think where the Chargers got him, that was pretty much spot on of where I thought he would be round five, round six. So I think the value there at that pick makes sense. And like you mentioned, Brendan Hyman the biggest thing about him. As they say, the best ability is availability. And at the offensive line position, Brendan Hymas was that for the Huskers because I started covering him when he got on campus in Lincoln when Mike Riley, the former Oregon State head coach and former Nebraska head coach, was the head coach. So he went through some tumultuous times for that Nebraska football program and stuck around and through it multiple variations of that coaching staff was still the guy that they went to each and every year on that offensive line. And there was a lot of issues within that offensive line in terms of some of the inconsistency that Nebraska has suffered over the past couple of years in the Big Ten Conference. But Brendan Hymas was not a reason for that. I remember when he got to Lincoln, he was one of the more prized recruits along that O-line. And I think he lived up to that billing through most of his career for the Huskers. So I expect him to be much the same way, pretty reliable in the NFL. He could be maybe a guard with some of the traits and size that he has. He could probably even go where he was through most of college and be a tackle as well. But I think he'll be open to whatever role the Chargers need out of him. And you know that he understands how to play because he had so much experience, in my humble opinion, the best conference in all of college football. So I think that he will be a great valuable asset for that Chargers offensive line that they can really move and develop wherever they feel. So I think it's a great developmental pick on day three to kind of see what his ceiling might be. And you know, for the most part, he's going to be accountable and he'll be there pretty much each and every day. Yeah. That's the one thing about being death is you better be ready to be, you know, the starter when the time comes and it doesn't seem like they'll have any issue with that. Getting someone with that kind of durability, I think is such a relief for Chargers fans who I think watch the Chargers cycle through 
26 offensive linemen in the 2020 season. I mean, the amount of different combinations of starting offensive line for the Chargers last year was like a thing of legend. But I want to talk about, you know, the best conference in the NCAA and just specifically, too, about the offensive linemen because last year you see Tristan Wirfs. He was a guy I was super high on. Obviously, the Chargers did okay. They drafted Justin Herbert. Uh, but last year I was really excited about that tackle class, and it seems like, you know, whether it's Ryan Ramchick, Guys from the you know Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, these corn-fed dudes that just continually come out of the Big Ten and have success. I mean, I think part of it is probably the edge rushers they get to play against, too. I mean, you have Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, all of these guys that are coming out of the Big Ten. You get to see them go up against those matchups on a week-to-week basis. What do you think makes it up, you know, the Big Ten one of the biggest offensive lineman factories that's just putting guys into the NFL left and right? I think it's where they recruit out of. I think the Midwest portion of the country still believes in having those big hog mollies up front, mauling some people and doing what they can to contribute to the offensive schemes or whatever system they're in. I think that definitely is the reason that it starts with, but it's also the tradition in the Big Ten Conference. Listen, the Big Ten at times knows it's not going to be as flashy. They're not going to have as much speed as the SEC. They're not going to put up as many points as the Big 12 or do things like they might out on the West Coast in the Pac-12. For a lot of programs, especially in the Big Ten West and some of those staples you mentioned in Wisconsin and in Iowa, they know their style of football, they own it, and they successfully do it year in and year out, where you're having pretty much the same formula for all of these teams for the past 15 to 20 years. So I think it's almost a factory-like environment that you have some of the top Big Ten talent along that offensive line go through the same things that generations of great talent have now had success in the NFL and they're going through the same formations and they're going through the same motions and there's a pedigree for it of producing that top end NFL talent when it comes to the offensive line so I think it's a little bit of the tradition that kind of is a catch-22 because it's a you know it's a stereotype it's tradition but they do kind of play hand in hand and it seemingly works year in and year out so I think it's more so of the foundation that the Big Ten has for some of its elite football programs especially on that Big Ten West division and then when you look at talent like Ohio State, they're just going to continuously produce great crops of people. And you've mentioned a great point as well about the elite side of the defensive side of the ball when you have some of the best edge rushers. I mean, a couple of the edge rushers out of the Big Ten were selected in this first round, an Odafe Owe out of Penn State and Quiddy Pay out of uh, out of Michigan for the Indianapolis Colts as well. So they go up against these talented guys that will now play in the NFL year in and year out. They're groomed for it. They understand how to do it. And it's really a thing that just keeps happening. There's a tradition for it. There's a pedigree. And that's why I think the Big Ten produces some of the best linemen you will find in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the regional scouting part of it, I mean, just, you know, scouting guys from the Midwest makes a ton of sense. But super happy to have you, you know, come and join us and, and do this for us because, I know Charger fans are super excited about Rashawn Slater. And, you know, some of them could have been hesitant to be, you know, want another offensive lineman later on. But I think they'll feel pretty good about Brendan Hymas. I think he's the guy to get excited about as far as you can get excited about backup offensive linemen. But Ben Stevens, appreciate you, man. You can find him on Twitter at Ben Scott Stevens. And if you guys want to keep up with everything going on in the Big Ten, make sure to follow wherever you get your podcast, the Lockdown Big Ten podcast thanks for coming on the show man appreciate you thanks for having me on too of course Daniel. always a pleasure it was a great time speaking with you love talking to big 10 football and when we can dive into some offensive linemen that always hits the heartstrings really well so <laughs> a great time all right way well, special thank you again to ben stevens if you guys like college football and you like the big 10 or even if you don't i mean he's a really really good follow if you don't follow him already and it's a great show to listen to if you don't 
especially, you know, if you want to know who the Chargers should be picking up in drafts. I mean, that's a really good place to start because he covers everything in the Big Ten so well. But that is going to do it for today's show. Next week, we have the schedule coming out. So that's something we'll keep you guys posted about because we're excited to see how the schedule is going to lay out. And throughout the offseason, we'll start to get into some undrafted free agent spotlights, getting more in-depth on some of the players we didn't really get to talk about too much today. So a lot to get into next week. Make to check, make sure to check back in with us then. But until then, if you don't already, make sure you follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's the new Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever. I know there's been some Apple Podcast issues. If you ever have any issues, just look it up on Odyssey. You can find our link tree basically anywhere, especially on David's Twitter, DrotalkSD. So we always have links in other places you guys can get the show if you ever have any issues. You can also follow us on Twitter at DrotalkSD for David and Dan Talk Sports for me. You can follow the show page at LockedOnLAC. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well at Locked On Chargers. But if you guys want to get your voices on the show, the voicemail line is 323-524-7924. We'll definitely be doing some voicemails next week. If you guys call in and give us some stuff to talk about, we'd be happy to get into your questions and whatever you want answered, even your comments or whatever. But we will be back with you guys on Monday with a brand new fresh slate of shows. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.